Hello and welcome to the Powerhouse Performance Club podcast. So today you've got me, Liam Louth. So I just wanted to do a podcast just specifically on fat loss. I want this to be value whether you come to boot camp, whether you don't. I want it to be a good useful resource for our gym members to help get them a better result. And hopefully it's useful. So if it is, let us know you're listening. Let us know what you liked about it. And we'd also appreciate any shares just to get the word out. So first things first then. If you are trying to lose weight, I would like you to reframe that as fat loss. So nobody, to start off, nobody is walking around with a sign above the head saying I weigh 70k or 100k or whatever it is. You know, it, it shouldn't define you. Hopefully everyone's aware of that. But sometimes there can be this kind of notion that you've got to weigh a certain amount and it's ridiculous and I think women in general are more susceptible to that than men I don't want to spend too long on it but ultimately no one actually cares how much you weigh unless it's for sport or something and you might have a number in your head that you'd like to weigh and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that but if you are trying to reduce your fat levels I'd like you to focus on that specifically so lowering the levels of fat in your physique or in your body whatever you want to word it as So the way we do that then is by creating a calorie deficit. So I'm sure some listeners have tried, you know, the Atkins diet, you know, the Cambridge diet, which seems very extreme, you know, shake diets, bloody diet pill shakes, you know, fasting, paleo. There's 101 diets, but understand there's only one mechanism. So the mechanism is a calorie deficit. So if I told you carbs were evil and you cut out carbs, you would more than likely being a calorie deficit. So you would lose weight. So you would think I was an amazing PT, an amazing coach, and you would tell all your friends that carbs are evil, which is what happens. If I sold shakes, you might think shakes are amazing. You would lose weight and tell me that shakes are helping you lose weight. You would think I was amazing or we were amazing. And you would tell your friends. And this is how these kind of, these things start. So shakes can help, don't get me wrong, but you have to create an energy deficit or a calorie deficit. So there's two ways you can do it. You can either you know, stop eating junk and, and hope that's enough. You can count calories and ensure you're in a calorie deficit if you count counting accurate and you'll eventually lose the fat that you want to lose. Uh, so on that, you, you might end up holding weight sometimes or the weight in terms of expectation management. It might not come off as fast as you like, but that doesn't mean you're still losing fat. So you can have water retention and bloating and times of the month and things like that for women. And there's numerous different things that can affect it, like stress and inflammation. So if you are counting calories or if you have drastically reduced your intake and you've stopped eating junk because it's January, understand, like, just trust the process. You are more than likely losing fat. And there's something known as the shush effect where it's kind of you start doubting yourself. You think you're not losing weight. But if you just stick it out, all of a sudden a K or half a K drops overnight. Now, you haven't actually lost a K or half a K overnight. It's the swoosh effect. It's when the body stopped holding on to water or inflammation and things like that. So all I would say is if you have been dieting all January and you're kind of proud of yourself, but the scales haven't shown, just grind it out and keep sticking to it. Or just double check that you're counting things correctly. Uh, things that matter, like your sauces, you've maybe not counted. You know, some of your vegetables, maybe you presume they're healthy, but they still have calories. Uh, maybe you're, you're having too many bites and licks of your partner's food or your kid's food or you've got the quantities wrong. So if you are counting calories, try that. Uh, the, the other aspect then, then, you might not need to change your diet. You might need to just move more. And now it seems obvious me saying that, but 
a lot of people, it's the desk jobs that are killing them. Now, that was a bit extreme of a statement, but I find as a PT, and I'm sure Josh and Daz will agree, it's, it's rare we get someone who has a horrendously bad diet, the stuffing in pizza, cake and chocolate and crisps at every opportunity. What we see a lot more of is people have office jobs or they're sedentary or because of whatever rules they have in their life or the family that they're not getting out moving as much or they don't enjoy training or, quite common, they're intimidated by commercial gyms and they've never really got into training or they think weights are making masculine, things like that. So because you haven't got much of an output of energy, you end up gaining weight without a horrendously bad diet. So first thing I would say is rather than necessarily you know, sign up to a gym membership or training, which is very good, or beasting yourself, you, you could just start walking more. And it, it's a really boring answer. And it's almost too obvious that nobody takes it seriously. But just increasing your day-to-day steps requires very little impact and very little recovery demands. So it, it's perfect like way of burning fat because in general, you can do it for longer periods than you can do a hit class or a boot camp. You know, you, could, you can pretty much do it every day. And it's a good way of, of just kind of ramping up your fat loss without waking up next day, feeling like you've been hit by a train and struggling to walk. So if you want to step things up, accelerate things, you want to get strong, you want something more scalable or a better aesthetic result, then I would definitely recommend training as well. That's the other obvious one. But I do think some people, they're a bit too guilty of attending too many gym classes, attending too many boot camps. So rest and recovery is vital. But just to clarify... You're either going to have to eat a little bit less in terms of calories or you're also going to have to move more. Now, doing both to me is like a perfect storm. So if you come to some sessions with us or you go to a different gym or whatever it is and you also eat a bit less than you were last year, then that to me is a perfect storm. So you've got a nice buffer of energy output and you're watching your diet a little bit. So that's perfect. So other things we need to consider then are our sleep, our hydration, our recovery. So if you're chronically underslept, you're more than likely making poor food choices. You're more than likely going to, you know, bottle the gym session that you had planned. You're more than likely not going to stick to a routine. You know, you're more prone to temptation. You're probably subconsciously going to move less because you haven't got that good night's sleep. You don't feel refreshed. You don't feel energised. If someone passes you that biscuit tin, you're going to eat it. You know, your motivation levels are lower in people who are tired. So I won't get too into sleep, although I could. You know, hydration, like when we're not hydrated, we, we perform like poorly in the gym. We often find we feel sluggish. You might not want to come to the gym because you're dehydrated. You know, like it, it's obvious. I don't want to teach you to suck eggs, but you'd be surprised how many people don't drink enough water. So, you know, drink some water. You'd be surprised what it can do for your appetite sometimes as well and recovery. So if you are training or you're doing spin classes or boot camps, it's important to, to give yourself rest days. Now, we're a big fan of having a, a midweek rest day and a weekend rest day and maybe staying active on, on the weekend if you can. Because I think too many people do the whole nine to five and the rest on the weekend. But their rest, their idea of resting involves, you know, shopping and eating out on a Saturday, you know, wine and beer and eating out on a Sunday. Or Saturday, sorry, and then it's a hangover takeaway on a Sunday. So even with really good discipline Monday to Friday you've potentially done too much training and you're potentially struggling to adapt and recover from it and all that training often can lead to a big drive to eat and a, a bigger appetite and then you come the weekend and you're probably bombarded with 
you know, opportunity to eat more food and, you know, drink with friends and stuff like that. And it's very hard to say no because you feel like you've earned it. So I'm a big fan of putting a midweek rest day in and a weekend rest day. Now, rest doesn't have to mean sit on the set at home, put your feet up, although it can if you've earned it. But, you know, a low-impact walk, a yoga session, Pilates session, a light bike, a recovery jog, essentially anything that doesn't, like, leave your heart beating out your chest, doesn't involve crazy high rep ranges or crazy high, high, uh, high load sets, so no crazy heavy squats or deadlifts. So, effectively, something that's going to keep you ticking over, stimulate recovery, but isn't going to kill you off next day and impact your, your PT session or your, or your transformation stuff or your boot camp, whatever it is you want to do. It won't impact performance, but it will just stimulate recovery. So, you can stay active, but just, you know, I'll, I'll leave it up to you on that one. So, training is a stress. So, just like relationships can be stressful, work can be stressful, traffic can be stressful... Even if you enjoy it, training is stressful. So you can only handle so much and then the body can fight back in terms of appetite and mood and motivation. So if you are looking to lose fat, one big tip I would do is just manage your recovery. Like Listen to your body sometimes. It's nice to have the discipline and determination to train when you said you were going to train. But if you're really struggling, performance is dropping, You know sometimes it's worth listening to your body and having extra rest days because not everyone is conditioned to exercise you know, three, four, five, six times a week. So manage your recovery. You'd be surprised how long you last. Don't go all in training every day, trying to lose it overnight, because often that's not sustainable for most people. So w- fat loss should be should be sustainable. So you know if you're losing like a K overnight and you're losing seven stone in a week and things like that, you're probably going too steep with your calorie deficit. So on your calorie deficit then, this is a podcast like aimed at everyone, so I don't want to get too in-depth. And, you know, if you're a boot camper or you're a gym member, like feel free to reach out to me and I'll, I'll give you some more detail on calories. But there's plenty of methods to do it. But I think for the average person, the simplest way is to go to Google and type in your BMR, which is your basal metabolic rate. Effectively, that's going to tell you how many calories it takes for you to exist in bed all day, like literally not moving without gaining weight, without losing weight. So if you're office-based and you don't move too much, or you, you know, you're quite sedentary lifestyle, something like your BMR, 1,400, 1,600 calories, whatever it might be, plus a little 200 on, you could probably lose a reasonable amount of weight on that. So every, essentially every action you do and every day-to-day bit of movement, whether it's steps or exercise, is going to help bring you into a calorie deficit and promote fat loss. So it's an essential component of fat loss is the deficit. So you can train seven days a week, you can eat salads, but you could still be in a deficit if you're packing that salad with cheese and, and nuts and, and the calories are quite high and you have an avocado and toast, like all these kind of healthy marketed foods, but calories still count. So it's important to get your calories right. Now, if you are more active and you train quite a lot, I tend to get clients to not even look at the BMR and look at the total daily energy expenditure. So if you go to Google and put TDEE, in Google calculator, it'll bring up a calculator and it'll ask you your height, your age, your weight, and it'll ask you to roughly give out your activity levels. So sedentary, very active, active, and it'll spit out a formula. So it might be 2000 instead of being 16 with your BMR. It might be 2300 if you're very active. And what's important to know is these aren't like rules of law and you know it's a formula and it's not exact. What is important is that you react to the changes that you see 
or don't see within your physique and also with your mood. So if motivation is dropping, if you're tired and exhausted and, and you're either poorly performing or you're struggling to recover, then you've gone too low. You know, if the weight's dropping off you far too fast, which can be a thing, I would argue, then it's potentially too low. But if you've been doing it four weeks and nothing's changing and you're not shifting anything, you've potentially gone too high. So it's up to you to react to those changes and you would just knock down 100 calories or you would add in 100 calories and see how you respond, see how you feel. But have some sort of number to go off and react to it, but don't take them as gospel. So just going back to the calories to reply then, I describe it as like a sat-nav. So personally, I've calorie counted. I had really good success and I had to lose 10k to box once when I was in the RF and it was the best I've done in the shortest time in terms of losing fat or losing weight because it was more weight focused because I had to box at a certain weight. It wasn't aesthetics. So because of that, I've kind of, I roughly learned what calories and what foods and I was eating to a routine and I've seen the value in it. So if I had to lose weight for a really strict goal, I would count calories. But because I've earned the right to not count calories, it's all roughly in my head and I don't now count calories. So I'd leave it up to you as a person. You've got to decide, like, are you quite analytical? Then count calories. And if you're not, maybe just focus on eating single ingredient foods, getting plenty of vegetables, having that high protein diet and things like that. Because counting calories works for some. Well, it works for everyone, but it's tedious for some and they don't like it. I personally like to suggest it as some awareness. A lot of people don't have a good awareness of what they eat. So doing two weeks of counting just makes you think, Jesus, I'm eating 400 calories worth of biscuits at lunchtime in the office. I'll maybe avoid that. Jesus, there's X amount of calories in this food that I eat too much of. And it just gives you an understanding. I mean, sometimes people fall for marketing. So your wheat, your bix and your oat bars that have protein on. And there's a there's normally a premium on that product because marketers know if they put protein on, sales go up and they can charge more. So everyone's running around on a diet buying the high protein cheese, the high protein this, the high protein that. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with it, but often it comes at a premium cost. So if you love the product and you don't mind the cost, that's cool. Uh, just while I'm on protein then, so the calorie deficit is the most important thing. You know, getting your steps in is really important. Finding a method of training that you enjoy is hugely important because you're more likely to stick to it. But the next thing that's quite important is high protein intake. So please don't think protein is for bodybuilders. Bodybuilders... Like they work hard for a start. You know, I'm not going to touch on steroids and things because they definitely don't all do it. But carbs is the main source of energy, the, the main driving force. Protein is often described as the builder blocks of life and amino acids and stuff. And I won't get too in-depth in it because I'm not a nutritionist or anything. But protein isn't doing the muscle building on its own. There has to be the carbs there. There has to be the hard work and the deliberate effort to bodybuild. So Please don't think protein is this masculine thing, this bodybuilding thing that's going to blow you, uh, bulk you up. It's not. What it is going to do for fat loss, it's going to massively regulate your appetite. So protein can hugely regulate your appetite and affect your cravings and your desire to eat. So it's really good. And it's also essential. It's going to help you recover and repair, which is really important if, you, if you're using training as a way of losing fat. So often clients, when they're, you know, they've been having cereal for breakfast and a salad or an apple for lunch because they're trying to lose weight and they have a bit of protein for tea. You know, they're not doing bad. They're, you know, they're getting some in. But often when they have eggs for breakfast or they have a shake or they have a protein bar or, or they start eating more fish or tofu, whatever it is, soya beans, often when they do that, 
the appetite comes down, the drive to eat comes down, and therefore, the more likely to be in a calorie deficit. So if you're not eating much protein, I, w- I would suggest you try it if you're trying to lose fat and just see what happens. So maybe knock your carbs down a bit for more protein. But ultimately, it's about balance and don't think you know fat's evil. Again, while it's in my head, I'll quickly touch on that. So fat doesn't make you fat. It's excess calories on a consistent basis that makes you fat. So surplus energy. The body has to do something with the energy you're consuming. So if you're not training, you have an office job and you're eating too many biscuits or cake or chocolate or booze, your body is going to store fat. But if you're training and you're consuming fat as part of your diet and you're in a calorie deficit or calorie maintenance, then you're not going to gain fat. So fat isn't evil, but fat does contain more calories per gram. So that's the reason why it's demonized and fat is called fat, which obviously leads you to thinking it's bad for you. So you don't necessarily need to cut out on your fats, but, you know, so you get your eggs in, get your avocados in, get your nuts in, you know, get your meat in, whatever it is you, you want to eat, but get some sources of fat in. Because fat can also help regulate appetite as well and affect hormones that regulate your appetite. So I didn't want to get too in-depth there. I would like to know if that was useful, hopefully. Uh, any suggestions on what you, want, what you want to hear next in terms of podcasts, give us a shout. And if anyone wants to give us a quick share, we'd appreciate it. So, yeah, if I didn't say it already, thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next sessions or the next podcast.